Hello everyone, welcome back to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I am the other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Hey, it's it's a good day. It is. It's a it's a good <laughs> Podcast Valley Sunday. You know it. You know it. Well, okay, well let's get into this one. We're at episode <clears throat> twenty nine, just zipping through. Yeah, man. And uh, it's it's a good one. The monkeys get out more dirt. Which at first I just read the title, I was like, I have no idea where we're going with this one. But then right. it becomes clear quite quickly. <laughs> for, for real. So we got this one. It's uh, directed by Gerald Shepard. Who the? What? Yeah. Got some new, new, new butts in the seats here. Uh, but written by Gerald Gardner and our buddy D. Caruso. Oh, uh, thank God. So we're, we're in good hands at least. <laughs> yes. Originally for, for aired sure. April 2nd, uh, 1967. So, day after April Fools. So maybe they're like, "Oh, we're gonna get uh, Frawley back in." April Fools. It's Gerald Shepard. <laughs> like, who's this chump? <laughs> Just kidding, Shepard. I'm sure you're a great guy. <laughs> All right. So we we open up at a laundromat, and the boys are starting to do their laundry. Which, uh, yeah, first time we've ever seen them doing any real world kind of stuff. <laughs> it's yes, yes, and like for real. Um, compared to the other technology we see in the monkeys, laundry ain't changed much since '66. <laughs> very true. It's still the same concept, and like a lot of almost everything else has changed. Yeah, exactly. I think the only thing that's changed maybe the soap. It looks like they use these weird cubes <laughs> yes. of soap. So that, that that part's weird. Yeah, that's the only difference I'd say. Uh, so they get there, and Mike puts a reserved sign on the washer, and then Peter starts to rip all the buttons off of his shirt, and. Uh, and he says, uh, Mike asks him what he's doing. And then Peter says, My shirts always come back from the laundry with buttons missing. <laughs> so I guess he's trying to, uh, he's to ahead jump. Of the game. Yeah, he's trying to get ahead of the curve there. Just rip them off himself. <laughs> and then we see there's some dude reading a newspaper that seems to have an interest in them for some reason. He just keeps checking <laughs> them out from behind the newspaper. Yeah. Or he's just nosy, one or the other. <laughs> uh, so then Davey goes to get some soap. And the woman working there is insanely hot and insanely tall. <laughs> and this is Julie Newmar, but, yep. uh, but she plays um, April. Uh, April. Yeah, she plays April. And uh, it's a great visual gag of her and Davy's POV of each other as she stands up. Like, you just see her towering <laughs> over Davy, and then you see her, yeah, like, looking real. down at Davy. Yeah. And, uh, and all Davy, he just says, soap, soap, soap. <laughs> soap. And then he just backs away. And then Mickey goes up to her to get soap, does the same thing. And then so does Peter. And uh, then Mike asks what's wrong with them. And then he also falls under the spell. And while they're all in the daze, uh, this nerdy dude who looks like Sweet Chuck's dad from Police Academy, <laughs> he comes in and he throws two cubes of that weird soap into Mike's washer. And he holds up a box with a question mark. And then a hand holding up one of the soaps busts through the lid. And then the two of them wrestle for a little bit. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty it's sure that was like a play on a, a commercial of the time. Of the time, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I would have to say, if I was there and had to get soap from Julie Newmar, I would do the same thing. <laughs> she is mesmerizingly beautiful. Yeah. It was crazy. Her full so, name on the show is uh, April Conquest. April, yes. April Conquest. <laughs> Amazing. It's like the Rich Swank Hotel. <laughs> for real just get right to the point in the name 
Really, as everybody probably knows, uh, Julie Newmar is also a Catwoman in the Batman TV show around this time. Catwoman, whose primary superpower throughout the, the DC candidate is uh, being hot. Yeah, sexiness. Meow. You got your, got your Michelle Pfeiffer, you got your Halle Berry in that terrible movie. But yeah. still, though, she's and, um, one of our most perfect humans. It is true. Anna Hathaway is also a Catwoman and is also extremely beautiful. So yeah, it is. So now intro shows up. Bloom. Bloom. Two minutes out. So then the boys return to the pad, still in a daze and still saying soap. And they all sit down. <laughs> and then Mike says he has to go back to get his laundry. You're wearing it. <laughs> and uh, Mike dumps water out of his shoe. Because yeah, that's one thing. Mike just puts shoes in the in the washing machine that when he's oh, putting that's right. stuff in. <laughs> and Mickey tells him all day has a sick aunt and he has to go see her and then he scurries out of the pad super quick and then Mike says that he's going to the store to get some dog food and Davies tells him that they don't have a dog I'll, uh, I'll run out of the store and pick up a dog <laughs> and then he splits and uh, so then Davy and Peter are sitting there and suddenly Davy hops up and tells Peter that he wants to be a boxer which is a recurring theme with Mr. Jones for real he always wants to be a boxer he was uh, like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Let's <laughs> well, go back to it, I guess. <laughs> and he says that he has to start doing some road work to get in shape. And then he splits. And Peter's left all alone. He decides he should go see April. <laughs> and he just goes. <laughs> the only truthful one is Peter. For real. For real. Uh, so then back at the laundromat, Davey somehow gets there first. It, <sighs> uh, from, from his previous road work as a boxer. Last time he was a boxer, he's got some... Uh, <laughs> Got some skills. Some yeah, he always gets to the birds first, though. He he got like bird dar. He knows how to get there. He knows the quickest route as the crow flies, baby. Bird dar. And uh, bird dar. And, and so she's nearly as tall as he is when she's sitting down and he's standing beside her. It's amazing. And then the guy with the newspaper is still there as well, mm-hmm. and he's checking it out. And she says that she's doing her postgraduate studies at the Laundromatic Institute of San Berdu. <laughs> and uh, there's a funny moment when she stands up and her boobs are right in Davy's face. And he gives a quick little glance before he straightens himself up and oh, gets like boy. to her shoulders. And now his shoulders are in his face. So then Mike shows up. Which made, what route did Mickey take? He left first. And he got beat by the other two guys. Mickey's easily distracted. Yeah, true. Yeah, he's probably bouncing up and down off the mailboxes and stuff like that on his way over. And Mike asks Davey what he's doing there, and Davey says, April and I are having a private conversation about laundering science. It's a science, you know. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. It's like astrology. And Mike asks what all the tubes and beakers are on the desk, and April said that she's working on her doctor's thesis. Why can't your doctor work on his own thesis? (laughs) Which I thought was pretty funny. That's a good, that's a monkey's joke. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it's also a good way to make a girl laugh, too, I bet. If you work on a doctor's <laughs> thesis and you bring that up, she'll probably think that's pretty funny. <laughs> good old Mike. And uh, so finally Mickey shows up, and he stumbles, like, right into April's face. Like, their noses are almost touching each other. And then Davey asks her to tell them more about the science of laundry. And April says that there's a whole world of dirt. And while she's talking, she's holding Davey's hand. And Mickey has his head on her shoulder. <laughs> and uh, she tells him that the only way to combat the dirt is with a washing machine. 
and she opens one up, and then Peter's head pops out of it. Oh, how the Peter? <laughs> See, now he's the sneakiest one. I gotta say, he left last, but got in the washing machine. <clears throat> and uh, and she starts to like pet his head and laughs, and I think it's a real genuine laugh when when that happens. I think for sure. I think that's Julie they're, they're having a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, how could you not? For real. <laughs> so uh, back at the pad, all the boys are pacing around, and it's a cool choreographed move where they're all crossing each other's paths but never bumping into each other. Yeah, it, it, it's really neat. And uh, so then Mike and Davey start to argue, and Mickey tells them that they should stop before someone says something they'll regret. Yeah. And then they turn on the TV, and it's a woman, Dr. Laureen's sisters. <laughs> and she's answering questions about love and family problems. As, yeah, this as, is a takeoff of uh, Dr. Joyce Brothers, you'll recall, from yeah. back in the day. <laughs> That's funny. I, I was wondering why she's called sisters. That, yeah. that definitely makes sense. <laughs> and so... Uh, she reads a letter from someone who calls themselves anguished, and he says how, and he asks how to get a woman to love you back if you love her, right? And uh, Doctor Sisters says that the fastest way to a woman's heart is through her mind. You know, I would never have thought of that route. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and uh, she says, you need to find out what kind of man she she likes, and you have to be that man. And so each of the boys rise slowly and then take off to get to a phone. Davy goes to the phone in the hallway. Mickey uses the red phone in the pad. And he's wearing a, a weird suit with a hat on it that says M.O.T. Yeah. And, and Peter climbs up a telephone pole to get to the phone at the top of the pole. And uh, Mike is dressed up like a spy, like an English spy kind of thing. And he uses a shoe phone. So, so Davy calls April's mom and finds out that she likes artists. Peter calls her neighbor and finds out that she had a string quartet over last night. And Mike and Mickey are both talking to her, I think, anyway. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. I, I don't know if she had call waiting in 67 or whatever, but <laughs> she's talking to both of them. And Mike finds out that she likes motorcycles. And Mickey finds out that she wants her next husband to be a ballet dancer. So, interesting. Wow. This girl's all over the map. For real. And uh, so essentially, they're all being shady weirdos, trying to find out what she likes so they could pretend <laughs> like, to like it too. Yep. And so they could woo her. You couldn't, you couldn't stock the social needs. Yeah. You had to like <laughs> exactly. phone strangers. <laughs> Maybe for some reason they're divulged and shit like this. Yeah, yeah exactly. That people don't know to, to hush up about your... Uh, if you got to think, these neighbors will be getting calls like this all the time about April. <laughs> like, guys must be tripping over themselves constantly oh, man. to get to April. I can't talk shit about it because I'd probably be doing the same thing for this woman. Are you ever a woman? <laughs> so then Mickey hangs up the red phone and it falls into the hole in the table that it's in. And then a hand reaches up and tries to pull him. In. I wonder if it's the same hand from the laundry that tried to pull in Sweet Chuck's dad. And... And specialist brought in for this one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe that's Gerald Shepard. That's how he gets in. Like, if I'm only getting one, I'm putting myself in there. Was, it, was this Caruso's idea? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get my hands around their necks for so much improv. Read the gold, gentlemen. Read the gold. <laughs> Mystery solved. It was D. Caruso. Yeah, yeah. Angry D. Just wanted to wrap his hands around Mickey's neck. Enough with the Cagney. <laughs> so uh, at the laundromat, 
April's helping a woman, and the newspaper guy's still there. Davy shows up with a suitcase and a stand and tells that he's there to paint his next mural on the wall, and she, like, swoons instantly. She asks if he's an artist. The fish swim? He paints a big red X and then paints a blue arrow, and then she gets, like, sparkly eyes, and, and she starts, like, kissing his fingers, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Enough with the Cagney was like a losing a grenade. It took a few seconds to go off. Oh my god. Because for sure somebody's told Mickey that. Actually, you know what? I think that's uh, D. Caruso's autobiography title. Oh, <laughs> uh, there we go. Fantastic. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Mickey's the painter. You know, Davey's the Davey's painter. Davey's the painter, yeah, yeah. And she's like kissing his fingers, but then she hears music, and Peter comes in playing like a little, I think it's a harpsichord he's playing. Yeah. And it's on a weird bike. Like he's, he pedals it in. <laughs> and he's yeah, trailed by a string section. Yep. And she drops Davy's hand and says to Peter, you play chamber music? Do fish swim? <laughs> and, uh, and then she gets sparkly eyes again and runs over to Peter. Oh, boy. Then suddenly Mickey shows up and ballet dances around the laundromat. And she says, you do ballet? Do fish swim? (laughs) And he flies around on wires. (laughs) It's really funny. Just flying all over the place. And uh, Davey asks how how he did that. And Mickey says, A man in love has a strength of thousands. (laughs) And she gets sparkly eyes and runs over to Mickey. And uh, then the other two run over and try to re-woo her. But then <laughs> the rewoo, the and then Mike comes rumbling in on a motorcycle, and she says, "Oh, Mike, you ride a bike." That's right, baby, and fish can swim. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Mike that was, makes his own of it. Yeah, yeah, for real. They're like, I was, I forgot how they kind of ended that. Do they all say that? Yeah. So Mike comes in and just like changes it up, <laughs> or casually fucks it up. I don't know. But it's just the way he says it, just changes it enough and yeah. makes it cool. It's no on longer the back of a bike. Come on. Yeah, no longer it's a great. question. Just a fish could swim. <laughs> Boom. So he starts doing wheelies and April gets sparkly eyes and then oh, Mike boy. knocks everything over with his motorcycle. <laughs> which which leads to a weird monkeys romp number one. Yeah. Using the theme from the monkeys. Yeah. Here we come. Which is the I think the first time they've used this song seriously in an episode. Like just in the show, like we were you were talking about this an episode or two ago. Do they use the theme in the thing? Yeah. But I guess they do. They totally do. And it's weird that it's for a romp for episode twenty nine. Like. It, yes, but uh, also it's the uh, the Julie Newmar episode. Maybe they knew this was gonna be like the Emmy clip or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So so it starts playing. And then all the guys are doing whatever they think that they need to do to get April to love them. Like, Mickey's flying around, Davey's painting, Mike's doing wheelies, Peter's on the harpsichord. And April says she loves them all. She loves everybody. She's just into a lot of shit. Yeah, know. yeah, hey. She's a, she's a woman of the know, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so she puts a blindfold on while she's painting with Davey, which is weird. And then Mike runs into a flying Mickey... And they smash into the mural wall, and Davy oh freaks out, but like freaks out about their safety, not freaks out because of the wall. And he goes to see right. if they're okay, which, which was very nice. I thought that was nice. Oh yeah. And uh, April's very amused and says she loves all of them. 
which isn't an answer for any of them. And so then that's the end of the romp, essentially. It's a weird little mini romp, a rompette. So back at the pad, all the guys are still in a daze, and Davey says, I wonder what it'd be like going through life with a girl like that. Right, which I think Davey says a lot, and probably would also kind of know what it would be like to go through life with a girl like that. And, uh, which then leads instantly into Monkey's Romp number two, like 12 seconds after Monkey's Romp number one. Gotta keep romping. Yep, gotta keep romping. And, uh, it's to the girl that, the girl that I knew somewhere. Is yes. It, is it just the girl I knew somewhere? A girl. A girl. A, okay. It's, it's credited as a few different things at the end of the show. You'll see that sometimes that they'll F up the, uh, titles. Great song. I love that it's song. Great. And uh, so you see Davey fantasizes about April and him painting. It appears that she's wearing like a smock and nothing else. Like she's got this smock on and just legs. And uh, Peter Day dreams about playing music for her. Mike dreams about her riding on the back of his motorcycle. Mickey thinks of him and her dancing. And she looks effing amazing in Mickey's uh, fantasy. Mickey and Davey know how to fantasize about April. The other two guys (laughs) are kind of slacking off, I'd say. For the record, it is The Girl I Knew Somewhere. The Girl I Knew Somewhere. I thought so. Written by Michael Nesmith. First released as the B-side to A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You. Huh. Really? I didn't know Mike wrote this. Oh, yeah. And this was in support of the group's third album, Headquarters. Boom. So we're already into this era of the tours. That's so crazy. We're still in season one, but they're plugging their third album. (laughs) They cranked them out, man. (laughs) Did they ever... Like, they've already been through all the, the, the nonsense with Kirshner, and, like, yeah. they're doing their own stuff. That is that is a crazy year. I think uh, either this one or the next one, I think, is the first episode not to have uh, Kirshner on the credits. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And so, anyway, there's, like, these super close-ups of the dude's faces in this thing, too. Like, eyes-to-mouth kind of close-ups. Like, way big. Like, I, would, I was watching it on the TV, I was picturing, what if Davy Jones is that big? <laughs> He'd be like literally three stories tall. <laughs> Enormous Davy Jones. Then Mike would be like seven stories tall. For real. Um, and Davy makes a painting, and the painting is something that says five hundred dollars, and he puts like the price tag on it, and it's five hundred dollars. <laughs> and Mickey like zooms through the air. He takes out laundry baskets and smashes into the wall like pretty hard. I think the the guys pulling the ropes kind of pulled too hard there. Uh, a little bit, yeah. And Davey makes another painting that says "I love you," and April writes "Me too" underneath it, and then the price tag says "Not for sale." Very cute, very cute. Uh, the boys are in a string quartet. At one point, she gets super violent with Davey in the paint. Like she just starts throwing <laughs> stuff around and going crazy. And um, she's on the back of Mike's motorcycle, and in the sidecar or the other three guys <laughs> sitting there creeping on their date and then the boys are doing karate for some reason and then there's a thing where april's riding this toy horse and then that's that's the romp it's a very a very interesting romp it's just showing the boys it's funny like they it's all their fantasies but they all end up in each other's they all yeah. crash each other's fantasies so my goodness craziness so at the pad, the boys say that they all like the same girl, but it's no reason for them to mess up their friendship. And then for real. you cut to the pad, and it's been separated into four equal parts. <laughs> so each of them have a, have a quadrant. 
So that, that image has been become iconic during these times. On all the monkey pages, people are like, lol, share. <laughs> you see that picture all the time these days. Oh, yeah? That's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Peter complains, and Mickey says that at least he has the TV. And Peter says, yeah, but you have the icebox. And Mickey opens it, and it's completely empty. <laughs> and Mickey says that he'd trade Davey for the front door. And Davey says, well, he'd trade Mike for the bathroom. <laughs> and Mike's, like, <laughs> on his way into the bathroom. And then... Peter turns on the TV and it's Dr. Sisters again with a letter from Tormented. And that's Peter's letter. Peter was tormented. Oh. <laughs> and so the boys come crowd around the TV. When Peter tells him to get out of his area, Mike tells him to shut up. Get out of my area! Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. Just the way he says, like, you guys were in my area. Shut up. <laughs> Just A little harsh moment towards Peter, I think. But, you know. Oh, man. So she reads Peter's letter. At least, at least he didn't scream in his face this time. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! That means that means a whole other thing. It's like half a foot away. Shut up! Yeah. So she reads Peter's letter. My three friends and I are all in love with the same girl. These friends are very dear to me, and I wouldn't want to lose them for the world. Hey! So my question is, what can I do to cut them out? Essentially, from here on out, they're talking to Dr. Sisters, and she's responding to them like it's a FaceTime call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like it's kind of fun. They ask something, and on the TV, she responds right to them. And she says that the boys have put April in a tough spot because now she's torn between the four of them, and it can lead to a mental collapse. And uh, she has a letter from a girl saying she's in love with four boys and that she's close to a mental collapse. And it's signed... Miss Laundromat and the boys just take off keep it on the down low April yeah <laughs> maybe she figures the boys don't watch Dr. Sisters <laughs> and she'd be safe so at the laundromat there's a sign that says closed due to illness and Mike says oh. that uh, Sunday is her busiest day and I assume that it's Sunday that day yeah. and, uh, and if she doesn't open she might go out of business and they need to help her so they decide that they'll, they'll shoot for her, like play odds to see who gets to date April, essentially. And uh, Mickey, Mike, and Dave each put out two fingers, and Peter puts out one. And he says, well, I lost. And Mickey's like, no, you actually won. You won the girl. And like, you know what? Good for Peter. He, he put up with a lot of stuff. For real. So I think he deserves this. And uh, then the boy. After all the verbal and physical abuse. Yeah, yeah. Let's give Pete Cowell. Exactly, yeah. You get the, the most beautiful woman ever to grace the monkey's stage, I, in my humble opinion. Yeah, so all the boys say that they'll go to her place and get her and bring her over to Peter, and he's got to stay there to, to do the laundry and keep the business afloat. And they'll bring her back to Peter, and she'll be all his. All over? Yeah, I think we chose the wrong guy. Let's make it two out of three. But Mike squashes that. And so Peter asks how he's supposed to get in without a key. And Mickey tells him, you can't expect the writers to know everything. Improvise. So Peter just opens the door and walks in. Uh, owner of Caruso was like, how dare you? Writers don't know everything. Writers made your world, bub. I think of everything you say. Your brain is a typewriter that sits on my desk, you hack. Oh, man. <laughs> Angry D, settle down. You settle down. Yeah. <laughs> 
Let's turn off his mic for a minute. Yeah, exactly. We've got to mute him on the Zoom call here. <laughs> you son of a... Okay, he's muted. <laughs> <laughs> if you could only see him right now, he's freaking out. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, back at April's house, the boys let her let themselves into her bedroom, it seemed like. And she's sprawled out on the bed. It's like a Renaissance painting. She's got, f- like, the huge yeah. nightgown, and the bed's so nice and everything. Like ribbons in her hair. Yeah, ribbons in her hair. And then, <laughs> it's funny, because then Davy says, And Peter gets this. And Mickey again wants to go best two out of three. And then uh, Mike says, uh, Don't you know what it's like to be a good loser? Uh-huh, it makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> and uh, so then April wakes up, and she's all weak. And she sees the three dudes in her bedroom, but she's so weak she doesn't seem to be too surprised about it. <laughs> this is nothing new. Yeah. And uh, Davy walks over to her and says that her oh. mother let them in. And, uh, <laughs> and she says to Davy that they'll be, they'll be painting together soon. Or she asks Davy, like, we'll be painting together soon? And Davy tells her that painting's a drag and that she'd be better off with Peter. And you can tell it's killing him. You can just tell, oh, oh God. For, for sure. And then she asks Mickey if uh, he's been doing the ballet lately. And he says that the ballet is dumb and that he's a tree surgeon now. Uh, but he doesn't make house calls, which is weird. And uh, that he, she'd be better off with Peter. And she asks Mike if he's uh, given up motorcycling. And he says that he has, but he's taken up skydiving. And April's really into that. So he's got to change his story and uh, says she'd be better off with Peter. And uh, then she says, oh, I feel better already. But then asks where Peter is. And then we cut to the laundromat and Peter's getting beaten up by a bunch of women because he doesn't know how to do their laundry. Oh, jeez. And uh, the guy with the newspaper puts it down. He's not wearing a shirt. And uh, he walks over to the dryer and grabs his shirt, but it shrunk. And so he gets angry, and then he helps the women in beating up Peter. <laughs> so then the boys show up with April, and she grabs Peter and kisses him. How can I ever thank you? That'll do for a start. <laughs> Yeah, very good. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that Peter got, got the lady friend in this one. So back at the pad, Peter's all dressed up and he's lighting a candle for their date. And the other three guys are so bummed out. And Davey won't shut up about it. He still can't believe they let Peter get April. <laughs> in the monkey's world, it must have been weird for Davey to not get this beautiful woman to go out with him and to hand her off to Peter. Like, he, he must have just been beside himself. Yeah. Even probably, I bet what happened was he pissed off D. Caruso, and Caruso was like, I know oh. how to get you back. I got my friend Julie Newmar from Batman. I'm putting her with Peter. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh... Some of these plots are definitely designed to punish... The monkeys psychologically, based on how they've uh, pissed off D. Caruso in one way or another. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think Gerald Gardner's like? I wonder. I wonder Gosh, what, D. Yeah. Come on. Why you gotta be so mean to the boys? <laughs> if you're not mean to them, they'll walk all over you. But D, they're just kids, man. <laughs> kids are just little grown-ups who act like jerks. <laughs> Okay, D. <laughs> but uh, so April knocks on the door. Peter answers it, and she's in this silver mini dress. And it's, 
mind blowing. Unreal, it, unreal outfit. Yeah, she's like a space Barbarella kind of girl. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep, totally. And uh, Peter must have been so excited when he opened that door. Oh. And then she says she can't stay, but she wants to. She wants to introduce her, them to her fiance, and this hippie esque <laughs> weirdo dude. He, he looks like. He looks like the back of Rodney on the rock when he's playing Davey, essentially. Right. He's got that goofy haircut, like the, the, the prince from Shrek. He's got that haircut. And uh, she says that she's never met a singer before. And they kiss each other and then go skipping away. And she even skips hot when she skips away. She puts like her <laughs> leg. Oh, man. It's crazy. And uh, Peter's sad. But, uh, and Davey says, April is the cruelest month. Peter starts to cry. I would too. And, uh, Mike says that he needs to be a good loser. And then Peter cries harder. And Mickey says, Mike's a good loser. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, Peter cries that they all loved her and how many of them are ever going to find happiness. And there's another knock at the door and four pretty girls walk in saying they're their new neighbors and ask where the laundromat is. And then the boys count like the four girls and they count the four guys. Peter counts five. And uh, then they take the girls out of the pad. And that's the end of the show. That was that. Happy endings after all. And like when they're walking out the door, Mike just has one of the girls shopping bags and chucks it back in the apartment and they leave. Yeah. We're not going going to the laundromat. (laughs) And so, yeah, that was, uh, that's the episode right there. Um, overall thoughts of this episode I like it again it's a a pretty equally spaced episode between the four guys it's not a one guy episode essentially for sure yeah they all get to they all get to do it they all get to participate yeah they all follow it uh, bums me out when the boys are turned against each other me too yeah I don't like it either (laughs) so I'm happy they all became buddies in the end again for sure and this is like a less complex episode there's not like a bunch of grown ups in it there's also uh, not much actual monkey rock and roll business no, but no. We, we get to hear uh, the girl I knew somewhere yep currently number 7 on the randomatic countdown yeah look at that top 10 and then the theme so shows up makes an appearance there we go which is weird which is a little farther down to countdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I like this episode. I, I don't love it, but definitely uh, Julie Newmar helps put this one higher up on my list. Uh, yeah, this was um, definitely a fun episode mm-hmm. to watch. Clearly a fun episode to make. Yeah. And uh, it's rightly one of, I don't know, a lot of people's top five Monkeys episodes. Yeah, it's a good one. I like it a lot. Uh, no guns in this episode. Wait, really? I don't think so. But yeah, no, but this one was gun-free. Because essentially it's about a laundromat and falling in love, so I don't know where a gun could fit in there. <laughs> the only place would have been if the naked guy was so mad about his shirt getting shrunk that he pulled out a gun. <laughs> he shoots feeder. Yeah, which... I oh, bet has happened in like Pensacola, Florida or something. Someone's shirt got shrunk and they pulled out. They they bared arms. Highlight of the show for me just Julie Newmar in every scene. That True. 
every single yeah, that's, time. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, monkeys ruse. Each guy tried to ruse April into loving them. Yeah. And ended up kind of getting the. They kind of rused themselves. They if they had ru- just been themselves. <laughs> choose yourself before you ruse yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Jiggity, choose yourself before you bruise yourself. Oh, That's the lesson of today's episode. That should be on a monkey's shirt. Choose yourself before you bruise yourself. With just like with a picture of like April with that weird hippie guy walking away. <laughs> Classic monkeys moment. There's there's no don't do that. There's no, no no scares. They didn't scare each other in this episode. So so I don't know. Not really. <laughs> Mike telling Peter to shut up, does that qualify? Maybe. <laughs> um, what wouldn't fly in 2020? I, I, I think this episode could just fly as is. Uh, pretty much. General objectification of uh, April. Her, her name is April Conquest. Yeah. Um, they never get too creepy, other than maybe walking into a room. But her mom let her in, let them in. So. Yeah. So they were. Yeah, we, it's like, yeah. Calling, calling up people's uh, loved ones and asking them tips on how to date the person yeah. in question. But that was prescribed no. by a doctor. <laughs> so they're just following the prescription. Yeah. Essentially, a doctor just said, yes, you have to lie to this woman in order to make her like you. Unreal. <laughs> okay. Um, Unreal. I couldn't find a lot of did you knows about this one, to be honest. No, there's not much to it. Yeah, I think the only thing is like this is like the first time the theme from the monkeys has been used seriously in a show. Yeah. That's Yeah. And like Julie Newmar was Catwoman. So yeah, that's that's everything right there. But is it that time? Is it that time? Kids, if I hear correctly, I hear a theme song. It is time for the Wool Hat of Mystery. Okay, so I, I don't remember who goes first, so if you would like to, you may do the honors. Uh, okay, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sounds amazing. We got, we got shades of gray today. But today there is no day or night. Today there is no dark or light. Shades of Grey, written by Barry Mann and Cynthia Wheel, or Weil. They're a professional real building songwriter people. It speaks of the quality of the tune itself. Yep, yep. Like, it's just, there's not a note out of place. I don't know if, like, they got the sheet music and they just had Peter teach it to the guys, and <laughs> this is how it's going to go. I don't know, like, maybe it's the thing they had, like, a demo of it. Just let's do it a couple times and just do it, but... Because this is on uh, headquarters. Yep. The one that they sing and play everything, except maybe that French horn or like just a couple of minor touches like that. I, I, I like this song a lot. I, I'm usually not into like slower jams, but this one I do yeah. like. I, it, it works really well and it's, yeah, it's really cool. It, it gets you. It gives you the feel. Yes. Yeah. And, and <laughs> on that Greatest Hits record, it was definitely a, a great closer to that album yeah, yeah they knew yeah. what they were doing for sure and it's also cool because each guy kind of sings on it like maybe not a lead part but it's not just one right. guy's song you could hear like I think everybody yeah you could kind of pick out 
everybody at some point in the song. Yeah. Because it was on that original Greatest Hits CD that we listened to so much. Um, not sure how long, how far it will land up the old countdown. Where would you put it? Because it is a jam. We could say that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's a great song. Would you put her somewhere around as we go along? We're in the jams, but we're in the complicated feeling towards area of the countdown. I'd put it between Sweet Young Thing and Good Times at number 39. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I do believe it's your turn. It is. All right, here I go. Phalanges in action. Okay, here we go. I got one. I got We Were Made For Each Other. Boom. You pulled the Jones. Number one with a bullet. We were made for each other As the stars are made for the sky We were made for each other from The Birds, The Bees, and The Monkeys. Yes. One of their coolest album covers. I think that's a great it's, album cover. Yes. Um, and it's it's in the number three spot on side one. Usually where you put the the knockout killer hit of the album. <laughs> and it's tucked between Auntie's Municipal Court and Tapioca Tundra. Interesting placement. Yeah. Like, I, I would have even thought like maybe like a side two jam. Like maybe song two, side two. Like, come out with a ripper and then go into this one, and it kind of lulls you into whatever you're going to next. I don't dislike this song. Like, right. it almost turns into shades of gray when it's going into the chorus. I, uh-huh. To me, at least, it, it feels like they could have put the shades of gray chorus in this one, and it would have been a nice little work in. That's when I knew that I would adore you. It was no surprise. It was easy then to know. It's a nice Davy song. It's got that harpsichord yeah. beginning. Pretty strong album for Davy. Like Side One Alone has got a Dream World's the first song. Made for Each Other is the third song. Daydream Believer is the fifth song. Bam. This is And a... Side Two's got also got the poster and motherfucking Valerie. Woo! This is So D- Davy comes correct on uh, Birds, Bees and the Monkeys. Yeah, the birds, the bees and the Davies. Like Mickey is kind of sidelined a bit, but he does get to co-sing Auntie's Municipal Court. He's he's got the back upon my feet that they finally made an album version of here on this record. <laughs> PO Box nine eight four seven. The song we can't decide whether or not it's a jam or jam. Yeah, that, that's and, a straddle. Uh, and of course, Zorn Zam. And the rest is a whole bunch of Mike stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, a, a solid album. And in all honesty, I feel like with all the Davy songs on this record, which are like all pretty good, yeah. this is kind of like the one they were probably like, you know what, Dave, you got to have your ballady song. And I think that's True. why this one made it onto True. this record. We, we think of like this is like, oh God, this is just a typical Davy song, but it's the only Davy song quite like this on the yeah. record. Yeah. So you got to kind of wonder, maybe Davy was like, Look, man, I don't want to do these songs about love all the time. Man. I want to rock out now. Like, Davey, come on. Oh, I'm sure. Know your place. Do the song that makes the birds swoon. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and he uh, took that to heart, I guess. But I don't hate this song by any means. Right, but I also, right. I, don't, I don't really love this song. It's not a... It's, it's not even our favorite song on this album by any stretch. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I think it kind of... Uh, defaults to jelly status let's scroll down a little on the old continent yeah it's definitely a, a post p.o box what about between uh, like don't bring me down and- don't bring me down 
Gone Girl. At number 61. Okay, that's five in it. All right, so 61 with a bullet. <laughs> Bang. We were made for each other. I was wondering, yeah, if the uh, the harpsichord being played was the one on the bicycle <laughs> that Peter was playing. I mean, we don't know it wasn't. No, so I'm going to say it was. Defi- I read that it 100% was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's your, your chance uh, to, to, to pull us out of these dull drums that we have been in. <laughs> dull drums. Wow, you went full uh, Gil Faison there. <laughs> Back to the hat. Alrighty, let's do it. Let's see where we're going now. Zam, Badoom. Finally. And I think this might have been one of the Davy songs you were talking about. It is Look Out, Here Comes Tomorrow. Boom. I was wondering when we were going to get to this one. Well, I see Here Comes Tomorrow, written by Neil Diamond, possibly the same day he wrote I'm a Believer. Big day <laughs> Later that you. afternoon, I saw her face, but then I also saw her face, and now I believe too much. <laughs> so look out, here comes tomorrow. After gently ripping on Davey for a bit, we got like a Davey knockout grand slam. Yeah. One of our favorite tunes is for sure. So yeah, it starts off with that sweet jangly acoustic. And then Davey comes right in for Look Out, Here Comes Tomorrow. I could say this song for me, the day before I started high school, right? I was, uh, for some reason, I was terrified to start high school. I I was terrified I was going to be the nerd and I was going to have no friends. And I played this song like 20 times in a row, like Look Out, Here Comes Tomorrow. And I was like, oh, my, oh my God. God. And I, I remember when I first heard the song, when you got the box set early in the summer, I was like, I'm going to play this song on the last day of the summer. And I did. And is I this, listened. Wait, is this also because you were dating two different babes at the time and then you're going to see them on the first day of high school? And they were going to find out. This is the real reason. Did you, did you leave that part out? I wish that was the reason. It was literally because I was scared I'd have no friends in high school. So I was, I was so scared about tomorrow coming. And that's what this song always reminds me of for whatever stupid reason. That's what it is. Crazy. But this is a great song, hands down. One of my favorite Davy songs. My favorite Davy song still out there in, in the Ooh. world. So we'll, one day we'll, we'll come across it, hopefully. I know, like they say, you've already, we've already pulled I'll Love You Forever. You're my forever. So yeah, this was uh, the first song inside two of More of the Monkeys. Mike Nesmith's favorite album. <laughs> a side of tunes that opens with this song and closes with I'm a Believer. Neil Diamond's song on each end, aside to. Man, must be Neil Diamond's Not favorite that. Monkeys record, to tell you that. <laughs> yes. He's, man, he probably bought seven pools because of this album. <laughs> For real. But obviously, we dig the song. It's cool on the show. They use it quite a bit. And this, specifically, the blue shirts on like, the back. Yep. <laughs> the back of the pad yeah. and uh, yeah they got a lot of mileage out of this tune on the show they did they definitely did it's a great song great Davy tune and it, and it works the best for Davy to sing because he's the one who would be in love with two <laughs> girls in this predicament yeah and he has to choose which one uh, two girls the same night you've got two dates or something I don't know it's always two girls with me anyway man <laughs> so I don't have a problem with that <laughs> so where are we putting this one I'd say pretty high up. 
Yes, I think uh, I think we've talked it up pretty good. Uh, so yeah, it's up there. What's our current highest Davy song? I think it's Valerie. Valerie, is at number ten. Do we like it more than Valerie? I don't think I like it more than Valerie. I think I like Valerie more, for my own personal persuasion. What do you feel? It's a tough one. I don't think I quite like it more than Sometime in the Morning, or I'm a Believer, even. I would put it maybe at number right after Valerie. Do a, a Davy yeah. 1, 2, 10, 11. Yeah. Then we have a Mickey 1, 2 at 12, 13. Yes. That'll do. Just didn't make it the top 10. Right right the cusp. Look at here comes tomorrow. Just misses the top 10, which we'll run down for you right now while we're here. Why not? May as well. Number 10, Valerie. Number nine, I love you better. Number eight, Tapioca Tundra. It cannot be a part of me. Number seven, The Girl I Knew Somewhere. Number six, You Just May Be the One. I'm starting the end. Number five, Listen to the Band. Four, Circle Sky. Number three, Pleasant Valley Sunday. And no one seems to care. Number two, long title, Do I Have to Do This All Over Again? And Holden Strong at number one, so many people's favorite, The Porpoise Song. Goodbye, goodbye. Well, Jeff, always a great time, I gotta say. Always a great time. Uh, thank you all for listening. We hope you're digging it. Um, yeah, keep keep commenting, keep listening. It's been awesome. So for me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourself a monkey little evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Monkeys fans. With everything going on with social distancing, Podcast Valley Sunday will be on every two weeks. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're staying at home. And we hope that you're listening to the Monkeys and obviously Podcast Valley Sunday. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. And please, rate us and leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. But, as always, be gentle with us. We're very sensitive.